Welcome to the Push Performance Podcast. Welcome. So we have an all-star podcast. Are we live? Yeah, we're live. Oh. All-star cast today. We're live. Well, because Dalton's here again. Hi, <laughs> yeah. Dio. Glad to be here. We got Taylor Davis. Hasn't been on the podcast since 1983. It's been a while. Yep. Joe Rose in person. Hello. Colorado. Hello. Yep. <laughs> Dr. Nick. Yo, yo. Nicholas. Ashton. Hey. And then myself, DJ. Hi. Can you hear my toddler screaming in the background? <laughs> Is that going to happen? Great. <laughs> Great. I don't know how much this podcast is going to be actual real shit today, but, you know, we're going to try something here. Let's get into it. Yeah. Don't. So... Talk about your uh, your uh, internship. How's, how's my internship? Yeah, how's that been going? Yeah, no, it's been well. Uh, it's been going really well. So, I'm coming from a little bit of a different background in that I'm looking to learn more about like how player development staffs prioritize strength and conditioning. Um, so it's a good lens to actually learn what strength and conditioning coaches do day in and day out. Um, I feel like Taylor's been a huge resource. You've been a huge resource. Nick's been a huge resource um, in understanding sort of the day in and day out what goes behind building athletes. Awesome. So I think it's going on. What's your end goal? My end goal? Like my end career goal? Yeah. Uh, My end career goal is to end up assistant general manager, vice president operations. Let's go. Major League Baseball team. Assistant general manager? Assistant general manager. Not general manager. Nah, somebody else can have all the limelight. I don't care about that. Uh, they can get all the all the limelight and stuff. I want to I wanna be in the building working every day. Do you contract for performance for player development? Yeah. All right, cool. Sweet. <laughs> Nick, we got it in. Finally. Yeah. No, that's where I want to go. So I feel, like, awesome. I feel like understanding how to build the best baseball player is step one in that process, right? If you want to understand how an organization should be run, the most vital asset for a baseball organization is its baseball players. And if you don't understand how to prioritize building them correctly, you're not going to go anywhere. Yeah, too many times we see an org draft a guy and then completely overhaul and change it, right? Right. Where it's just like, let me be the first rounder or second rounder that I was. Like, why are you trying to change my repertoire? Why are you trying to change the way I do things when you gave me $8 million? Right. And that's, that's like the assessment part is huge in that. Like, so what Taylor's been able to link to me is like posture, postural awareness, and then sequencing. And I feel like too many people try to play with too many sequences sometimes and they don't let just the athlete be the athlete. Like you over coach them and turn into robots. Yeah. Yeah. And we're cookie cutter. Taylor did a good job. I feel like Joe, how much do you look at posture, right? That's like the number one thing we look at guys in assessments, just like presentation of the athlete. Every day. Um, I mean, you said this to me a long time ago, but when an athlete walks through the door, you should already know what you're doing just based on their posture. So, I mean, you have to look at it every day. And a lot of it has to do with the way they're breathing um, and obviously their workload. Yeah, you know, their numbers too, just overall strength numbers tell a story. Like so many athletes we see are super weak, right? Or they're they're scared to press the thread or press press the pedal of the metal on, on in the weight room. It's like they just do go full conservative approach and it's like they're breaking down, their ability breaks down. It's just yeah, you never had strength or stability in the first place to start, 
right? Or they didn't do the proper the proper patterns to do it in the first place. They're like I was talking to Taylor, I want to do a presentation on like joint alignment and you know muscle function and like how that plays a role. Sorry, I'm talking too quiet. How that plays a role in um, in the weight room and throwing and hitting and running and all that stuff, foot contact stuff, like what's happening when your foot strikes the ground, you know, and you know, just complete muscle output. I think that's something that's pretty missed or for younger guys, you know, especially then even older guys like Shelby Miller crushes weight, you know, his wheels back up, strong as shit now. Um, guys get way too conservative in the weight room where it's, you know, detrimental, detrimental to the athlete. Like, I always say, if you can train to get better, you can train to get worse. Sometimes coaches over coach them, turn robots and get a week, you know? We, yeah. Like same thing. Like guys will like looking at like the strength speed continuum stuff like that. Like people will go so far on one end of the spectrum that then they'll just lose out completely on the other side of the spectrum. Or if like we're so heavy in a strength phase up then, we're losing like the speed component of things or the power output component of things, or we're so heavy on the speed and power output that okay, we're losing the whole strength side of things. So like making sure like everything is kind of integrated together and everything kind of climbs together throughout um, throughout the year long process throughout the off season. But I mean, strength is a foundation and you kind of can't, you can't lose like the basics of everything, but like making sure at the same time, like with all that, like through plyometrics and through strength work and everything, like everybody's there, I guess the athlete themselves will be moving. Um, how we want to, because if we're moving, everything starts with like how we move. And then as we get stronger, the movement should not change. Like the movement that we're trying to work on should be implemented in the strength stuff. And then we should see how we're moving the strength side, kind of also move into the plyometric side, speed side, the jumping side. And then that's what will kind of fill in the gap between the strength side and then also getting on the mount. It's kind of how everybody, it's how, it's how the athlete will move themselves. So. For sure. And you see too often too, where you're like, all right, I'm on the strength speed continuum, this how we program. But if I'm in the strength phase, we're not doing any kind of jumps. We're not kind of doing any kind of power output where in reality, if you're not doing any kind of sprint patterns, power output, jumps, whatever, you know, your your power, essentially your explosive, you know, index is decreased within three to five days of not using it, right? Where we still need to microdose that into a strength program and guys aren't really, you know, going full go in it, right? Like, you know, when we go into power phases, there's essentially more sprint sprint work, in my opinion, right? Some more med ball stuff, maybe, um, you know, but our economy is in strength, but also on, we still need to jump sprint, do things so the athlete doesn't lose that power output in that early phase of the off season. Does that make sense? Yeah. You don't want to argue? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to argue with facts. <laughs> that was easy. Nice. <laughs> nice. That's your daughter, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, spring break for two weeks. Anywho, what's what's, what's making you angry this week, Nick? Nothing, man. I'm just a single parent this weekend, so we're, we're, we got a lot of lock, though. We're gonna be all right. Yeah. Um, I had a question for you. Like, what has been oh, your okay. so for Dalton? Um, what have you seen? Like, so like, would you wanted to be in like a management type position, like more of a front office type role? What do you think has been the biggest barrier to athletes like success? Um, so yeah, that's a good question. Um, because you run into the should the organization take full ownership and control of the athlete's development, or should the athlete be able to see whom they want to see, um, for what they want to see it? Uh, 
And that's a tough line. I think as an organization, you have to have clear lines of communication with the athlete and understand that as much as it's the athlete's career, organizationally, we need to do what's best for the team. So sometimes that means sending guys down or cutting them or giving them an opportunity to grow in other spaces. Um, so I think you're trying to get to more of like, what type of question? Like what What's the question behind your question? Because <laughs> it feels like that's a two-part question. I mean, I was going to bring it a little bit, but like okay. something that we obviously deal with a lot in here is like guys being controlled on who they can see, what mm-hmm. they can see them for, how often they can see them, um, just kind of things like that. Like we had we had eight new guys yesterday. Okay. Three of them from one organization, and they so missed what was going on with these guys. It was just so like plain as day yeah. on us. It's like you guys are spending all this money on investing in these guys, but you're not giving them the time of day to do it right. Right. Um, because there's so many barriers with, within, within the org for them to, to be able to get access to what they need. Um, but then it's like, you know, hey, how can we help this athlete out? Well, we should, we we personally can't necessarily reach out to the org because they'll get pissed. Right. So I think the orgs, I think what needs to happen, um, and like inside baseball operations, at least from what I've gathered in my experience, there's sort of three silos, right? It's baseball operations is, is an umbrella. And then under that, there's like scouting, um, strength and conditioning and uh, player development. And player development is supposed to be sort of the one that goes between the two and helps communicate. Um, but I think player development also needs to change their approach to these athletes. Um, because to your point, going out and seeking someone that specializes in, you know, UCL, shoulder, you know, baseball players is a huge ad, especially if an organization isn't carrying PTs. Um, so they need to adjust and maybe like add a piece to their front office where it's like these, these guys, we have, we have 40 men on our roster. The bottom 10 are out at these doctor's offices talking to these PTs. And, you know, these are the charts that they're getting. I don't think it's very organized inside the building. And so it makes it hard when you're outside the building to say, you need to change. Because I don't know what's going on inside the building. Um, But I think there needs to be a more succinct pattern to get these guys healthier faster, right? As an organization, we don't want to invest millions of dollars into an arm to have it falter three years down the line. Like, that doesn't get us anything either no bang for our buck right so finding pts and strength and conditioning coaches that have experience with the super small population that we're talking about like we're talking about the one percent of the one percent right so it's hard to organize those communication patterns i think we're in a good market for that i think there's a lot of opportunity here um i think it's just trying to build those connections what roadblocks are you hitting within an organization when you try to reach out to their player development? Truthfully, mm-hmm. I'd say egos. Okay. Honestly, like I'll, I'll say it. Like how many yeah. times have we? How many? I mean, we had two guys yanked from us last week because they found out they were coming in. I mean, uh, that was okay. that was at the collegiate level, but still. Um, oh, like, you're getting that at college level too. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the, I would say the college level is worse than the organization level. Um, that's a whole other podcast, but. 
Um, at the same time, though, at the collegiate level, like they're not considered grown men yet, right? Where yeah. at in pro ball, it's like, hey, I'm on my own kind of thing. Um, you know, there's less of a team aspect to it. Yeah, less of the team aspect is like my career aspect kind of thing. Mm. You know, so I think that's the the biggest roadblock on the collegiate level is like what's best for the team, be a team leader kind of thing, where you, in an org, you have 180 dudes, 185 dudes, right? So I'm one of 185 versus one of 30, 25 or 30. You know, this little bit different story there. Yeah, I had a, I had a good conversation when I was back in Colorado a month ago um, with a, an ex-GM, and we were just kind of talking about, like, the industry in general, and... It was, really, it was pretty eye-opening, like how naive I was to how political it actually is. And like, if you you know, like say for example, UC Health with the with the Denver sports market, they own the sports market. Everything is sponsored through there. The money's funneled through there. You know, so for somebody like us to kind of step in to try to help out and you know be a piece of the pie there, um, it's just never going to happen. And it all comes from the top and it's all political and it's all money and it's pretty it's pretty eye-opening honestly i think that's what banner is out here yep yeah same thing i mean with the diamondbacks same thing you know the, the guys all get funneled through there and you talk to the guys and, i mean there's good people within those places but by and large like you know they're funneling through there with no idea who they're sending them to so okay. uh, it's very interesting what are you gonna say to you say something oh i was gonna say like two with like orbs like we're able at least here we're able to kind of dive into like these finite aspects of like how this athlete's moving compared to orgs it's like they see so many people on a daily basis that they're not able to like communicate with them as well as we might be whereas like it may be more of like a one-on-one -on -one that we're able to do whereas then it's like okay we have 30 minutes 20 minutes and i gotta i got four or five guys on the table at one time yeah it's i like, gotta prioritize these guys gotta yeah and yeah. so for like for orgs too like to have the ego to be like no like we can, we'll take care of this like you, you don't need to go see anybody else like we'll take care of this like looks like it's not that you can't, like, I'm sure they're very good yeah, OPTs and that they can. It's just more of, like, the situation and, like, the operation that they're working within. It's, like, it's just not manageable for them to work as one-on-one -on -one with the athletes as they can. Yeah. And so I know, like, I had a call with a college coach yesterday, um, or director of performance of a school, and we had a really good conversation, and he was saying, like, yeah, we how many guys, how many of our guys do we have come in there this summer? Like, I, I love you guys. Like, I want to keep sending guys there. and because you guys are able to help the athletes on a different in a different way and a different level than like we're actually able to help them. So so a lot of it's just the ego, the ego side of things and people are territorial and they don't want to share athletes. But at the end of the day, it's like like we don't care. Like if we if athletes need to go to your organization, it's like we're not like, oh no, you can't do that. Like you're obviously paying them. It's like, yeah, go ahead. Like we're just we're here to help in any way we can help this. At the end of the day, it's an athlete that's if you run into that the high school early. level. Yeah. yeah, high school too. Let's be honest, right? Like, High school level is tough, yeah. especially in Arizona, yes. year-round baseball. Do you, you have that issue really in Colorado? Somewhat. Uh, more and more schools are trying to do it all themselves. And Rightfully so, right? You look at I mean, it's, outside looking in. Like, it's a good effort, but like, <laughs> truthfully. Like, <laughs> I mean, you can't tell me that a high school coach you know, has the same knowledge base that anyone in this room has. You just can't. So even if they do, they don't have the bandwidth to manage it all. You know, like no. Yeah, and a lot of four teams usually time. Yeah, it's not their normal day job, anyways. Yeah. So 
Or right. in the right place. So, I mean, like growing up with me, it was always, it's, I mean, I'm sure it's with everybody else. Like, it's just, okay, we're just going to go practice and that's it. Yep. And like, truthfully, if a kid's doing nothing else and has no other opportunities anywhere else, like, that's great for them. But, I mean, there is better resources out there. I think that's what everyone's yeah, trying yeah. to convey. Yeah, the problem is when there are better resources out there and an athlete's trying to get to those better resources and the coach is stopping them from yeah. being, able to, being able to do that. So, yeah, that's the problem. That's the yeah. problem. And, I mean, Coach literally can look on YouTube and put together a practice schedule nowadays, right? Or a development plan. So at some point, to a decent extent, in my opinion, right? Just on a player development side of thing, like, hey, I'm gonna run this by practice this way, right? We're gonna do, you know, these exercises in the weight room to, to start running one bucket, and it won't hurt anybody, right? But the problem is, like, that once they do, they think they know everything, and they don't want to listen. Then we have issues. <laughs> I've been, I've been, you know, some, something I've been kind of blown away with this year was uh, the amount of guys that have, doesn't matter what level they're at, whether it's high school, college, or, you know, uh, professionally, that literally don't know what their schedule is going to be for the week. Yes. It has blown my mind. I'm like, yeah. you know, it, it makes our jobs hard because yeah. it's like, hey, what do you got this week? Uh, I don't know. I might be throwing today, but maybe tomorrow. I don't know. It's all yeah. it's a day to day. I might be day to day. Today. We're starting yeah. tomorrow. Um, and even like our big league guys this year, I mean, we had a, we had a guy that was thrown on the backfields that was supposed to have the week off. And all of a sudden he's like throwing in a game the next day. Um, and then in that game, he didn't have any warm up pitches. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> I fixed that for me, Dalton. <laughs> if I could, I would. Well, the no. not the non high priority guys just get thrown around. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was in the big league roster last year. He was on the playoff roster last year. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it was yeah, super crazy. But it, you know, I think like with the amount of JUCO guys that we're exposed to around here too, like that's been something that's been eye-opening for me is guys literally don't know what they're doing the next day. And so their expect like their entire routines are just shut. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. catches us guessing too. It's like, all right, so do we do higher intense stuff today? Do we hit it hard or do we just like play it safe and then we don't do enough? So at that point we just listen to the athlete. Yeah. Right. It's like how you you play that how you feeling card, like you know, then you ask them a bunch of questions. When was the last time you threw? When was the last time you threw a bullpen? Yep. You know, if he's a position player, like how much running have you been doing? How many swings have you been taking? You know, just kind of dive into that, you know, a little bit deeper, so you can kind of make a game plan, guessing on what would be coming next if a competent coach was in front of them. I think we're probably the only only people that ask the athletes how they're doing. <laughs> it is kind of wild because. You know, they're especially like the teams are investing in these guys. If it's not professionally, then it's you know, from a scholarship standpoint, development yep. standpoint, things like that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I just work here. I just work here. <laughs> I think, I think too, like, especially with athletes, like, as guys are going to affiliates and guys are leaving to go to their wherever they're playing for the, for the summer and stuff like that. Like, I think too, for us being able to like just be a resource for those guys, like, we're not able to see them. Yeah. we're able to communicate with them, talk with them, see how they're doing. Like we're still like a helping hand, even from when we're across the country or something like that. Like we're able to help them and help organize maybe what their day might look like. If, because again, like those orgs have so many people and so much stuff to do in one day that they can't simply sit there and be like, Hey, how do you feel today? Do you want to throw today? What do you want to do? Like, do you want to lift? Do you not want to lift? Like, so that's kind of one of the things that we, 
have the opportunity to do and get to do with a lot of our pro guys kind of during season is kind of just help organize out their days, even though we're not actually able there to kind of lend a helping hand, we can do it remotely. So don't I think too like being a resource for you know the kind of low-hanging fruit stuff, the tiki tack stuff that they might not necessarily want to share with an org. Like if something's mm-hmm. bugging them a little bit, you know, they don't want to necessarily go into the training room that it just becomes a big issue and it could have been resolved with you know a simple FaceTime call and you know, right. a few programming things. So, um, you know, I, I've undervalued that, I think, in the past. And I, like last week, we worked with one of our college guys, Joe and I did, and FaceTimed and watched him move a little bit. We put together a little program together, and he's like, I feel like a million bucks. So I think just like... He's been catching a lot, right? Being, being a resource for, for guys is uh, is definitely like something that I've undervalued outside of the season. How do you I agree. <laughs> I agree. Well, most orgs hit the panic button. If a guy says he's got a little tweak or something like that, they hit the panic button, and then the next thing you know, they're in Arizona. They're back in Arizona or Florida. Yeah. yeah. Or something that they shouldn't be down there. It's dumb because if it was something they could just easily manage, then, you know, you're not having to hit the reset button, send guys down, do all the other fun stuff. So, what yeah. other what other hurdles do we have? Right? Like, everybody looks at, like, if you look at it like us on that. Outside as a business, like Ashton, you do a great job on social media. Joe, you do a good job in Colorado on social media. Like, you know, Nick, Cody does a good job on your social media. Like, looks like, you know, everything's easy every single day. Like, in reality, it's a pain in the fucking ass, right? Like, of what we're doing. And it's just like constant headache, constant confusion, constant communication. And like, it's like I, I let a lot of shit slip through the cracks because I have a lot of moving parts, right? And I had a conversation with Taylor this week about that kind of stuff. Like, you know, he can help me, he can make decisions, you know, like those different things. But it's just like constantly there's, you know, everything looks so good from the outside, but within it's just like a constant battle, like dealing with people like this or like that or players or parents or whatever, you know, I mean, especially in Colorado, we deal with a lot more parents, right. And it's different, different culture there than Arizona. Shout out Grant Suggs. Yeah. Director of parenting. <laughs> yeah, I think I mean I think here like we just deal with so many different people on a daily basis. Yeah. Like when athletes walk in or parents walk in, they just see we just see them, they just see us deal with their their kid. Mm-hmm. Or they're the only athlete like we're maybe working with at that time. Whereas like we sit there and we have people coming in from ten o'clock all the way through nine o'clock, nine PM. So we're dealing with people and we're college guys, pro guys dealing with parents, Nick will have two people on the table at one time where he's kind of sitting there talking with the parents at the same time, like kind of trying to deal with a bunch of different moving parts and then at the same time we're, hey, how do you feel? Or we're trying to make it out to games or we're trying to organize, okay, this is your schedule for the week. This is the days we're going to live. Like there's just a ton of moving parts, but I think, I mean, that's just like the benefit of being where we're at in a private setting is being able to do that and not our hands aren't tied behind our back with anything. Like we're able to kind of move freely in the way that we want to, so everything is like tailored towards each other. And make decisions on the fly, right? And make decisions on the fly. Yeah, we don't have to run it up the up the chain to figure out if we can do this or not. It's so true. Yeah, this is a big one. It's, it's a huge one. Yeah, I mean, you're you're asking your boss if you can do a certain exercise, right? If it's not in their program, usually it's like, hey, don't do it. Stay away from it. But in your head, you know that that exercise can help them a lot, right? Or you feel like the athlete is getting stronger. They don't want to lift a whole lot of weight. And, you know, you know for a fact if you get them loaded up with some weight, they're going to move better and feel better. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's a part of what 
almost makes us successful, right? Like having the ability to that autonomy to, to be able to do what we think needs to be done based on our expertise. But yeah, no, I mean, I think that people don't really realize, me and DJ were talking about this the other day, like DJ and I had the quote unquote day off on Tuesday. Um, I think I had four Zoom meetings that day, three with, uh, you know, employees in Colorado, one with my billing company, and then noon hit, DJ comes over, we jump in the car, we drive up North Scottsdale to have a meeting with another healthcare professional just to kind of talk shop about athletes that we've shared and everything. And then we go home and I went home and I did programming that night. And then I'm sure you did the same thing. So it's just like, you know, you see this lens of all the stuff that goes on on social media and like in the background, freaking grinding 24 seven so it's the the not so glamorous side of things but it's also the same side of the things like i love like yeah tuesday we had our, our team meeting for colorado in the morning that lasted an hour i had to deal with a, an organization that uh, we had a little bit of an issue an issue with but um like miscommunication i had to fill that that gap with you know fill that communication gap i had to you know like there's multiple things going on at one time where it's like it's not the glamorous side of things but you know, like at the end of the day, I want to coach, but this is the stuff that needs to be done within the facility. And that's where you're going to have run into, right? Where yeah. you, you want to do all this player development stuff, but one bad hire can cost you bunch. a bunch, right? Where bunch. Nick can't find the right person to hire, you know, uh, we're looking, currently looking for another throwing coach. Told you, you know? I'd do it. I've seen you throw baseball, man. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. Not wrong. <laughs> You know, it's just like, Joe, like how much of your job since I've left has become more of like the, the business side of things? Yeah, I mean, you wear different hats at different points of the day, but I mean, when it comes down to it, all the effort is for the athlete themselves. So, I mean, when they win, we win and everyone wins. So, and when they lose, we lose. lose. <laughs> yeah. That's True. Everything. Like, we, we travel through the ups and downs with the athletes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah all the athletes aren't going to always be throwing hundred miles an hour and carving everybody up. Right. We have athletes that have been shit in the bed. We have athletes, you know, to play fingers too. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, we, back when I first started, we were on, um, not Revere, but with those kind of uh, Holly our, our location on Holly, we had a, a kid that was a stud go from center fielder, mm. center field in 30 degree weather, go and pitch, hurt his arm. Never and saw him again. Never saw him again. Blame, blame Nick and I. He was too strong, remember? Yeah, he's too strong. That's what the, that's what the, the dad told me. And I was like, oh, your son actually pitches a lot. So strong that I broke. Yeah, coming from center field in 30-degree weather, and you didn't warm up. And you hurt your arm. In mid-March. Mild issue. On that topic, I've been dealing with a lot of kids who just are so immature towards what you tell them. And you know, they take it with a grain of salt. I had a kid with a broken hand get out of his cast and that same week throw a bullpen because his coach. I was on FaceTime with you. Or something. Yes. Yeah. And then he has arm, shoulder, hand pain, and it's like a, a reset. You know, you got to talk them through it again. And then talk their parents off the ledge. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, I mean, it just – it's never-ending, but, I mean – the ones that do listen though like look at how successful they are and like that's what you do it for right like yeah our intentions yeah. are always good for the athletes sometimes though it's like we want it more than the athlete does though i feel like i i feel like i'm investing a lot into this athlete and 
you know, I'm putting everything I can into it and it's just like, they just don't want it. And sometimes they might show up or they don't show up or whatever it might be, which doesn't always happen, you know, but it's just like, I feel a sense of urgency, like, Hey, like I'm here to help you. And they're like, they're not fully in on what they want to do, which is fine. If they don't want to play professional baseball, if they don't want to play at the next level, just let us know. We'll do it for fun. Just like that. You know, we'll have fun with them. You know, sometimes hard work isn't fun. I think one thing that we've been doing a little bit better lately too to help bridge that gap is the data collection. So like being proactive about it. So instead of being like, we're doing all this, it helps the parents see it on paper, even if it's not always necessary, but just gives the parents something to look at and be like, oh, this is, he is progressing here or something like that. Um, just in different ways. Well, on the flip side, too, if they're, if they're not showing up and doing it right, <coughs> and it gets worse, and it's like, well, let's take a look at the calendar here. The parent can see it and be yeah. like, oh, yeah, yeah that's sure. super helpful. Thanks for holding the mic. <laughs> Taylor, what's, what's been your biggest hurdle as a coach, would you say? Like, what's the hardest thing that you deal with and frustrating? This is like a therapy session. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, honestly, just same thing, like trying to handle a bunch of different athletes and you have athletes that are like all in that want to do everything that we're saying. They want to work with PTs. They want to work with us. Like those guys are the PC. Those guys are the fun ones to work with, but more times than not, we'll also get the kids that are also, I don't want to see the PTs. I'm going to go over here and do this stuff, even though, like, this stuff may not be the stuff that's going to help them get better. Or, like, if they're injured, like, that's not the stuff that's going to help them be healthy. And then also, like, yeah, I'm doing your stuff, but then I'm also going to be going out to EOS or whatever and doing stuff out there, too. So it's, like, it's harder. It's a lot harder to manage those kids and the kids that, like, feel like they know what's better for them. And they're just here just because we have other baseball players at training. They just want to be around baseball, but they're just here. But they think that in, the, like, in their eyes, they know better. They know what to do. All that stuff. It's like it's really it gets really, really hard to manage those kids because like that also portrays on us as coaches. Like, okay, this kid's not getting any better. It's like, but also it's like he everything is in place for this kid to get better. It's just whether he follows those executes and executes yeah, executes those steps that kind of. So just I mean just kind of manage those and those kids are far few between. But um, it's it's hard to kind of talk some of those kids off a ledge like that that they're that they know better and stuff like that. Um, but I mean that's just kind of with. And more times than not, it's just high, it's just high school kids. More times than not, you'll get it every once in a while with college guy or pro guy. Um, but more times than not, it's with high school kids. And it's just kind of being able to kind of manage them while also managing the kids that are here and want to put in the time and are going to follow everything that we're doing to get better. And then also trying to give those other kids the same amount of attention, same amount of um, like communication, all that kind of stuff. Even a step back to even like the youth side of things, like Nick, you know, he did that presentation, what, two weeks ago? Mm -hmm. And literally after the presentation, talk about how, you know, your investment should be in the strength and conditioning side of things. You know, multiple parents came up and said, said to us, I want to join your hitting or throwing program. Yeah, we literally did. We literally did a presentation. Did a presentation on, on, you know, properly developing youth athletes and, you know, basically that kind of value versus cost on putting your efforts, your time, your money, your energy into like just foundational development. 
And at the end, I'm pretty sure multiple times we talked about how, yeah. you know, we talked about how people would rather spend money to go throw with Andrew. They'll spend a three to one ratio of throwing, you know, paying money to Andrew to throw versus, you know, learning how to do a, you know, squat pattern or whatever. And at the end, like five people came up and was like, hey, let's sign up for hitting and throwing. We're like, uh, yeah, okay, cool. That's, that's what we just talked and about. And our foundational strength class is the cheaper of the three options. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah it is. You those know. same those same kids will come back to their junior high school and be like, "Oh, my arm's hurting, or I'm banged yeah. up, or yeah. Oh, yeah. I need to gain B legs. I'm not throwing very hard." It's like, "Well, I kind of missed the boat last five six years." So. Yeah, that's the that's the most frustrating for me. Part. It's like I saw an Ashton yesterday. I was like, "I make the same amount of money if the kid comes in and throws or lifts, right?" But when the kid signs up for a throwing membership, I still make that money, but it pisses me off when they don't lift. Right? It makes it literally makes me angry that they're not lifting for the kid. Like, like, like no offense, bro, but like, Mal's only gonna get you so far. Like, that's cool. Andrew's really fucking good at his job and can just compete with the best of them, but you're only gonna take one step versus 10 steps, right? And just like knowing that they're not, not necessarily throwing money down the drain, right? But it's just like, invest your money in a better, better products, better ideas, better situations, better environments, right? Where it's the strength and conditioning is the number one thing that's overlooked. That's that's the most frustrating part of this for me. For sure. Joe, anything? No, I mean, said it all. <laughs> Hopefully it caught me on video or uh, video? video microphone, whatever. Last week, I, I guess I talked kind of quiet. Kind of a little mouse. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> what, what else, Don? What else? Anything else? Did you know you were getting into all this stuff when you signed up? Absolutely. I knew I was getting into everything. Uh, no, uh, as a business owner and somebody that's tried to make their own way through this process. Don't do it. Don't do it? <laughs> all right. I was going to say, oh. should I do it? <laughs> no. Um, should I do it? Is, no. No. <laughs> Well, I think that goes into what we need to do, right? Where I talk to you guys about everybody here is like the parent does need to get an email every at the end of every month with the progress of the kid, right? Here's his force plate numbers. Here's a 10 yard sprint. This is where he was deadlifting at the beginning of the month. This is what he's at the end of the month. And here's a graph for you. Boom. Nothing sexy, mm -hmm. right? Or it, if you're a parent, ask questions, but please not in the middle of like how many times has a parent has a parent given us a credit card and haven't heard from them ever. Right. So those are those are almost no. just as bad. Yeah, yeah. that's not want that. Yeah. Like, I want to have a relationship with those parents, right? I want to be able to call and text them and be like, hey, you know, Johnny, you know, crush his PR today or whatever. You know, give them good news. And I mean that goes a long way for the parents, you know? Yeah. I mean it's you gotta think too like they're investing so much money into the into their kids. Like we gotta yeah, they should definitely know what they're paying for, 100%. Exactly. But like you were saying, when they're getting in the way of what they're paying for, um, just makes it that much more difficult. Like, if you're going to have your athlete come to us, like, you should trust us. And like, that should be part of the process. But if you don't trust us, don't bring the kid here. Like, I don't want to have to convey a hundred times that he is doing the right things. Like, there should be like a built up trust in it. And I mean, I feel like that's attached to a reputation or you know, whatnot out there that we get, which is hopefully good, but yeah, it's hard to prove your trust every time with a dad or a mom. Uh, you shouldn't have to. And you shouldn't have to. 
yes, it's a process to look it up, but at the end of the day, I mean, should trust us. How often do you get questioned, like by a parent? Every day, in some way. Yeah. Right? Like, yep. good or bad. Good or bad, yeah. Right. I want parents, the parents should call and ask questions. Yeah. They're investing money. Yeah, we're more than happy to talk to parents. Yeah. Every single day. It's not what we're saying. It's not what yeah. We're yeah. Yeah. It's not a problem. It's just be, don't be that parent. <laughs> <laughs> don't be that guy. That's okay. You know? Yeah. Where it's like you're causing more of a headache. And honestly, we have the ability to say this your athlete is just not a good fit for our facility. We, which we have done that. We've gotten better about that, I would say. Just from, yeah. I think you and I doing it for as long as we've had, learning from it too. Yeah. Um, it's funny, I went back to Colorado last week to go cover, and I've got a couple of younger therapists there and a couple of residents. And there's a couple like 12, 13, 14 year olds that are just going through the old, you know, kind of growth plate stuff. And, you know, the, the residents who are, you know, third year PT students are too afraid to just like basically be assholes. And like, oh, he's got to play in this, you know, he's got to play, he's got to pitch in this tournament this week. And it's like, all right, cool. We've been uh, thrown for three weeks and we're going to go pitch after being shut down for three months. And, you know, me being old and crotchety, I'm like, you're going to be scouts in the stand that weekend? Like, you know, you're 12 years old, bro. Like, what are we, what are we playing for this weekend? Like, what's the deal? And the parents are just like taken back by it. I'm like, I don't have time to tell a parent like you're in my office with us being experts and if you want to argue with me on me trying to protect your kid then go somewhere else it's also gives you viability too right where yeah. they, they go out and get hurt like your treatment looks like it sucked mm -hmm. our strength looks like it sucked mm -hmm. like why are you investing in what we're doing if you if i just did quote unquote three weeks of rehab and strength with the, the quote unquote best around why did you get hurt yeah right and it's we have to just step in and say, hey, this dude ain't ready. I think, you know? too, the conversation I had with the residents, though, is this is full circle. Like, you guys need to communicate from day one what their mm -hmm. expectations are going to be. They should be prepared after they meet you to know that, hey, three weeks wasn't going to cut it. And so, you know, that was an educational part for the for the young guys, too, was like, hey, you guys need to communicate this from day one. If you're not, some of that frustration between the parent and, you know, the, the doctor, kind of on the doctor, too. So, like, you know, I think that's a learning moment as well. It's, you know, it's hard. It's hard to keep a balance though. <laughs> like making sure that they stay happy with you and yeah. like being brutally honest. Like that's for me. It's easy to be brutally honest. I just, I just don't care anymore. I yeah. Told yeah. That the other day, yeah. like we were, <clears throat> we were going to that place, and I was, we, Nick and I always talk about business stuff. I was like, I, I'm at the point where I just don't give a fuck anymore. Right? Where it's just like I'm gonna be. I'm going to be who I am now and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. And I'm done being the nice guy because I've gotten trampled on because of that. And if the athlete needs to hear that brutally, you know, truth, I'll tell it. I'll tell it. You know, I'll tell the parent. You guys will get there. You'll we'll get there. Look how scary he is. I don't give up. <laughs> <laughs> but. On a better note, is there anything positive we want to talk about today, yeah. Dalton? Opening day is right around the corner. I would yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah. It's Joe's birthday, right? Oh, Joe's birthday? Yeah. On Tuesday it was. On Tuesday it was. Oh, on I Tuesday. Right it was Joe's birthday. We tried to celebrate uh, Joe's birthday. Shout out to Dylan Rowe. 
We're trying to celebrate Joe's birthday uh, dinner <laughs> two week, a week and a half ago, and Joe wouldn't let us. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not a birthday guy. Yeah, it's, it's actually it's been kind of nice too. Like we're already planning. We're gonna go catch a couple of JUCO games next week. You know, catch a couple of high school games. Like that is a fun part of the job is being able to kind of have a little bit of downtime between that end of spring training, start of the summer madness, and get to go like watch our guys be successful on the field, whether it's you know the young kids or you know watching watching some opening day games, stuff like that. So. Good times. Yeah, I mean, it's just going back to a negative thing. It's just like we have, <laughs> we have all these. <laughs> we're getting busy again, right? A little where bit we have, Unfortunately, we have guys that have been released or whatever, you know. So it's like we're starting to pick up in, in that in that direction, and it's like almost like an obstacle to try and find them and get them a job right now, too, right? Where we can't take our foot off the gas and the pedal and rest too much where these guys like their careers are literally in their line they're in our hands now they're hanging us. They're, they're hanging by the thread right where we had a, a live today we had four four hitters that just recently got released hitting that are should all possibly probably be on a big league club you know and it's just, i mean it's just that time of year like that's what we're doing it's it's hard those guys are right back in the gym but Little yeah. Timmy can't make it in twice a week. Well, it kills me too. Now, too. Like, this podcast is never gonna end. <laughs> it kills me too. It's just like we have kids signing up for assessments in the time that kids quit yeah. or quitting because yeah. they don't quote unquote have time, and they go to the fucking same high school yeah. on the same team. It's you know? very true. Like you're showing right now who wants it, and who doesn't. Mm-hmm. Period. Like that's just. I just wanted to get yeah. this off my my chest, but therapy mm-hmm. session. This is the time of year where I've, I, I I get frustrated. Nobody asks me how I feel. <laughs> how are you feeling, Doctor Nick? I get frustrated about the the every single year guys that. All right, so you know I saw this in Colorado last week. Guys are on spring break. They go out of state, play a bunch of baseball. They come back. They're hurt. I haven't seen them since June of last year. Yeah. And it's the same story every year. And it's the same, same time type of people, the same time of year. And it's like, oh, you went out and you got hurt in the spring and you didn't do shit to prepare for it up until then. And here we are again. I'm saying the same thing. And what have you done to change it? Nothing. Um, you know, so it's like those are the guys that, that kind of, you know, if I spend 45 minutes putting together a program for you at nine o'clock at night after my kids go to bed. And you do that program for three weeks, and then I don't see you until the next spring. Like that's that kills me. Mm-hmm. So and that's the kind of stuff that's you know it's frustrating for sure. How many times you got to tell them like to do it the right way and they come back and they're hurt? So and heaven forbid it's like a you know career-ending injury. I feel better now. <laughs> so this is the dark ends of uh, <laughs> of this side of things. We always talk about the positives. So I think we're, we're getting out of our seasonal depression. This is the yes, last little yes. bit, and then we're. Good on the year. Take it, you know, just run with the negatives for the day and back on the positive train next week. Yeah, yeah. We love what we do. We love all of our athletes. Yeah. Sometimes we care more than they do. I think that's really what it comes down to. Just be a good person. That's all it is. <laughs> Literally, be a good person. Be a good person. Go Zags. Go Zags, baby. Go Zags.